is constant arguing between your kids driving you up the wall. Have you ever asked yourself, is yelling at my kids really the best way to get them to stop yelling at each other? Then we're so glad you're joining us for today's episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. If you enjoy this podcast and want to help support our ministry, one way you can do that is by purchasing Ginger's resources directly from her website instead of other online retailers. And stay tuned until the end of this episode to receive a discount code on your purchase at gingerhubbard.com. Thank you for your support, listeners. This enables us to further our mission to help parents reach the hearts of their children for the glory of God. I don't know about you, but I just love waking up in the morning, curling up in my comfy chair with a warm cup of coffee and reading the daily news. Did you just tense up? Because I did. Honestly, I sense myself wanting to avoid the news at all costs and shield my children from it as well. But what if there was a better way to be informed without being disheartened? Well, that's exactly what I love about the world and everything in it. This podcast from World News Group is my favorite source for current events because I can get sound journalism from a Christian worldview without the hysteria, the chaos, and the stress. As one of Apple Podcasts' top 100 news programs, they deliver essential headlines, field reporting, interviews, and expert analysis every weekday. Search for The World and Everything in It wherever you get your podcasts. Well, hey there, Ginger. Today's topic, oh, it's one that really gets under my skin. And that's when my kids are arguing back and forth with each other, you know, about life's really important things like who gets to sit next to mom or <laughs> who gets to use the yellow cup or here's my favorite, who gets to answer a question during family worship? That makes me crazy. <laughs> Absolutely crazy. So I'm glad you've got some tips for us today on how to handle when our kids are bickering. I do. And I know our listeners like scenarios, Katie. They've told us that several times. So how about you start us out with one of those? Sounds good. All right. John and his sister, Kelly, are in a heated argument in John's room. Mom already had to run the siblings out of the living room earlier that morning because they were arguing over who got to have the last bowl of Fruity Pebbles for breakfast. By lunch, they were arguing over everything from which flavor of jelly was better on peanut butter sandwiches to whose backyard fort was cooler. Well, mom became so annoyed listening to their constant bickering that she had both children leave the table at lunch with their plates, sentencing them to their own bedrooms to finish their hot dogs alone. Now, here it is mid-afternoon, and they are still at each other's throats. Now, Ginger, I can see the mom's frustration here. And listeners, you probably know I didn't write that scenario. You can tell just by the content of it. Uh, because <laughs> I don't think banishing children to their rooms to eat ketchup and mustard on their beds is really how I'd handle it. Or if you're Ginger, ketchup, mustard, coleslaw, and probably chili. <laughs> probably. Uh, but Ginger, how would you go about handling a situation like that of constant bickering? Like so many sins, pride is typically at the root of bickering. 
we're told in Proverbs 13, 10, where there is strife, there is pride. And I think if we're really being honest, we can all relate to the fact that being right feels better than being wrong. Mm -hmm. So there's this great temptation to puff up with pride and fight to be right about matters that really don't matter at all, or as my late grandmother would say, that don't amount to a hill of beans. Unless it's a hill of chili beans in their beds, and then it does amount to <laughs> a hill of chili beans. <laughs> Mounts to a, a big hill of mess. <laughs> oh, that's all I can think about is them eating hot dogs in their bed. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. That's <laughs> oh, all right. All right. So where there is pride, there is also selfishness. It's the sin of pride that fuels selfish ambition and causes us to strive to gain something over someone else or come out ahead or better than others. And it's the same root sins of pride and selfishness we see in siblings fighting over issues such as who gets the biggest piece of cake or who gets to ride in the front or who gets to sleep on the top bunk. All of those motives stem from a prideful attitude of, I'm better than you, therefore I'm more deserving than you. Mm. Well, so as our listeners can probably guess, you're saying it's important to see past the annoying behavior and try to understand the heart of the matter. Right. Today's culture would like for us to believe that it's completely normal for siblings to not get along and to not like each other and that there's nothing that can be done about it. Mm. This is seen so clearly in the media. Rarely do we see movie or television siblings treating one another with respect and affection. It's quite the contrary. They're usually fighting and yelling at each other. And this sort of behavior is portrayed as not only okay, but expected and accepted. Mm. But in a Christian home, yes, bickering can be expected because our kids have a sin nature just like we do, but it should not be accepted. It's better to view quarreling among siblings as valuable opportunities to teach them about the commands of God to love one another and to put others above themselves. Now, granted, siblings are going to argue, they are going to get on one another's nerves from time to time. But it's important that parents cultivate into the hearts of their children the qualities of love, humility, gentleness, self-control, and peacemaking, all of which are fruits of the Spirit that are theirs in Christ. And what's so beautiful is that when siblings learn to take hold of these qualities offered to them through Jesus, they experience the transforming power of the gospel in their own hearts and in their relationships with one another. This is such a good point about what we've learned to accept as a culture without even thinking about it. My husband and I had a conversation recently about how our kids would never treat their friends the way they treat one another I even considered putting a stop to all their friend time until they could learn to spend time with each other without incident. Uh, but then I thought about the fact that I'm pretty sure I'm guilty of the same thing. Would I speak to my friends the way I speak to my own family sometimes? Probably not. And not because I'm just so kind to my friends. I'm sure it has more to do with selfish desire not to lose those friends or be seen in a particular way by them. And my family members are stuck with me no matter what. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's that kind of sin in our own hearts and in the hearts of our kids that splinters the relationships that God has entrusted to us. So let's bring it back to our kids because uh, this is making me uncomfortable. Ginger, what <laughs> is the first thing we can do when the constant bickering just won't stop between siblings? We can take them to the Word of God which explains what's at the heart of bickering. James chapter 4, verse 1 says, 
What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? What this verse is saying is that bickering among siblings is a spiritual battle that starts in the heart. Mm. It's a battle between serving self versus serving God and submitting to his command to put the needs of others above their own. Another good verse is Proverbs 20, verse 3, which identifies the difference in wisdom versus foolishness when it comes to bickering. That verse says, it is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Taking them to the word of God helps them understand that it actually takes more strength not to quarrel than to participate in it. Winning an argument for the sake of winning an argument or for the sake of being right is a sign of weakness, not strength. Heart-probing questions are always a great place to start. That's why Katie and I talk about them as often as possible. (laughs) Asking heart-probing questions helps children evaluate their hearts and take ownership for their own sins, which helps them begin to recognize their need for Jesus. So you could ask questions such as, Honey, are you being strong and avoiding strife? Or are you being weak and participating in strife? Are you respecting each other and honoring God in the way you're speaking to one another? Also ask questions that will help them consider more God-honoring, others-oriented ways of interacting and communicating with one another. A simple question might be, what can you say in order to keep peace with your brother or sister right now? Also ask questions that will help them consider more God-honoring, others-oriented ways of interacting. A simple question might be, What can you say in order to keep peace with your brother or sister right now? And keep in mind that if they can't come up with a good alternative on their own, it's totally fine to offer suggestions to help them along. That's why we're there to train, instruct, and guide our children in how to put off foolishness and put on wisdom. So taking them to the Word of God and asking heart-probing questions is the first step to addressing bickering siblings. Ginger, I do have to tell you, just on my way in here, Grayson, my youngest, he's eight. He was singing a song and the only words he was singing were heart probing questions. I don't know why, but he's just had this little tune in his head. He's like, heart probing questions. <laughs> Mom's going into the recording I studio. I guess so. He knew. Guess what they're going to talk about. He knew what was up. So I'm, I'm glad he hears that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Taking them to God's word, asking heart probing questions. What is the next step? Next is to reprove them biblically. Teach them what the Bible says about the root sin of quarreling and why they should avoid harsh words that stir up anger and conflict. You might say, uh, you know, honey, the way you guys are, are talking to each other is harsh. We're told in Proverbs 15, 1, that a harsh word stirs up anger, but a gentle answer turns away wrath. Mm. When you speak gently to each other, anger won't flare up and things won't get so heated and out of control. Also, arguing for the purpose of being right is prideful. And we're told in Philippians 2, 3, and 4 to put the needs of others above our own. That verse says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. We ask heart-probing questions and reprove bickering children with the Word of God, teaching them to put off speaking harshly, pride, and selfishness. What does the Bible then say, Ginger, that they are to put on in this situation instead? The pursuit of peace. Romans 12, verse 18 says that we are to, quote, make every effort to pursue and promote peace. And according to 1 Peter 3, 9, that means not repaying insult with insult, but with blessing. 
And Ginger, I know some of the parents might be a little frustrated if they don't have all of these helpful verses memorized. So I just want to remind our listeners that verses for so many different behaviors for which children struggle are conveniently listed on Ginger's Wise Words for Moms chart so that you can quickly and easily reference them when needed. And yes, it's completely appropriate to reference that in the middle of the situation with your kids watching. You want them to see that you are relying on God's word in that moment. So it's not something we try to memorize beforehand and then hide from them the fact that we're doing it this way. (laughs) I open it straight up and they know, they know it's coming. That's why they sing heartbreaking questions. Uh, (laughs) Ginger, what do you do though if you have a child who likes to bicker about every little thing. It is like their favorite hobby. How do you teach them what is and isn't worth fighting over? Well, we can encourage them to patiently stop and consider if something is really worth arguing over before they dig their heels in. Teach them to weigh their response by thinking through questions such as, will this really matter next week? or tomorrow, or even this afternoon. Mm. Is this an opportunity to show wisdom and strength by overlooking the difference of opinion, by overlooking the offense? Proverbs 19.11 says, A person's wisdom yields patience. It is to one's glory to overlook an offense. And can I just say that if we modeled this for our kids mm-hmm. <laughs> in the midst of our own conflicts, yep. uh, that might go a long way as well. It might. <laughs> so we need to do better. Ours. I know all of these things that I talk about convict oh, me as well, believe yeah. me. Yeah. I mean, just what do they hear us mm-hmm. gossiping about or, you know, complaining about in our day-to-day interactions? They're just, they're overhearing how we handle conflict in our own lives. And is this how we're handling it by overlooking an offense? Right. Wow. And it, yeah. And it's even convicting. when we catch ourselves yes. uh, doing it badly, doing it the wrong way in front of our kids, mm-hmm. even if we're just willing to stop in those moments and say, you know what, there, there's no reason to be arguing over this. Mm-hmm. This is such a simple thing. And, and then overlook that offense. The Bible says it's to one's glory to do that. So when right. we mess up, acknowledge I messed up. I've handled it the wrong way. This is what I should have done instead. Absolutely. That's what putting off and putting on is all about. And the more we're willing to model that in humility, when we blow it, uh, the, the, the more our children are going to learn to do the same. I think it's more important to model humility than perfection because perfection Ooh, can't be yeah. achieved anyway. Mm, That needs to be a whole episode, Katie. Right. Humility over perfection. Mm -hmm. Mm, Mm -hmm. That would be a good one. Have your kids ever come to you with math homework and asked for your help, only for you to realize you did a mathematical brain dump the day you graduated high school? Well, I have great news for you, parents. Whether you're homeschooling or helping your kids with their math homework after school, CTC Math is an invaluable resource. They have video tutorials and summaries that are concise and really engaging while still fully covering the subject matter. It's like having your own personal math tutor accessible at any time. I have so many favorite things about CTC Math, but just to name a few, I get extensive reports and summaries of my kids' progress, We have access to CTC Math's entire catalog of lessons, not just per grade level, as many online math programs do. And finally, there is a 365-day money-back guarantee, literally no questions asked. If you or your kids need some extra help with math, go to ctcmath.com and sign up for a free trial. Again, that's ctcmath.com. So along these lines, Paul also offers wise instruction in 2 Timothy 2.23 when he said, don't have anything to do with foolish or stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Not only is quarreling derived from pride and selfishness, but when left unchecked, 
it can evolve into hate and reap massive destruction in a relationship. Galatians 5 verse 15 warns about this. That verse says, if you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So we encourage discernment in our children when we teach them how to recognize and walk away from foolish disputes. Wisdom is demonstrated in self-control. It takes self-control to hold the tongue and drop an issue before damage is done. And that's exactly what we're called to do in Proverbs 17, verse 14, which says, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. And again, I know I'm rattling off a lot of verses in this episode, and I know that that can be frustrating, especially in the heat of the moment, if you're not sure exactly where to find those verses in your Bible. Uh, But all of the verses that I've mentioned in this episode for helping children who struggle with arguing and bickering and stirring up strife can be easily found on the Wise Words for Moms chart. I had mine hanging in my kitchen uh, when my children were growing up so that it was uh, quick and easy uh, to reference it when I needed it. Well, I'm better than you because I have them all over my house. Maybe that means I'm worse than you. <laughs> you're you're smarter. Katie. Yeah, no, I just I need a lot more guidance in that area. Uh, but listeners, if you struggle with how to have conversations like this with your kids in natural ways, grab Ginger's book. It's called I Can't Believe You Just Said That. It offers examples of parent-child dialogues to help you do exactly that. So every chapter in the book addresses a different tongue-related struggle. There's a whole chapter on bickering as well as other struggles like lying tattling, teasing, lots of others. Um, And you can stick around until the end of the show, and I'll let you know how you can get a discount code on this practical and helpful resource. Well, Ginger, when our children are engaged in bickering or any kind of conflict, whether with a sibling or a friend, what are some other ways that we can teach them to resolve it biblically? The more tools we give them, I think, the better off, the better equipped they'll be to handle it. Absolutely. Our goal as parents is to teach our kids to seek opportunities to glorify God, serve others, and of course, grow to be more like Christ. The secret to resolving arguments and conflict gracefully is to bleed Bible when pricked. So we teach our children to hide God's word in their hearts and pray that the Holy Spirit would lead and strengthen them through the power of the gospel. When children are taught to seek a Christ-like attitude toward conflict— It changes the way they view it and the way they handle it. Also, in Matthew 5.25, we're commanded to settle matters quickly. Now, sometimes that can just simply mean agreeing to disagree by dropping the matter and fleeing the prideful temptation to win an argument or be right. Now, of course, there are legitimate conflicts worthy of attention, but they are to be dealt with properly by demonstrating the qualities of a loving heart. Paul tells us exactly what these qualities are in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 7. He wrote, Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts always hopes, always perseveres. Ginger, one of the things I've been guilty of as a parent is forgetting Paul's words to the Corinthians. He said, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. 
God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. So we know and we teach our children that the ultimate way out is through Christ. We have no other way to please God but through him. And on a human level, God has given his people one way out after another as it relates to temptation. So he gave us marriage as a way of sexual expression and to avoid the temptations of sexual immorality. He gave us work so that we don't fall into so many sins that can accompany idleness. And there are just countless examples of this. So we need to remember that we must give our kids a way out. And we also say on this show that we're teaching them what to put on according to God's word, what they actively should be doing or pursuing. Specifically with bickering and arguing, we need to tell them the alternatives they have. And you mentioned some of these, uh, Ginger, because some kids don't know that there are myriad options besides inflicting their opinions and will on others. I think there are a lot of adults who don't realize there are other Mm -hmm. options besides that. (laughs) Uh, But one of my favorite resources for working through this with young kids is called The Young Peacemaker by Corlett Sandy. I think that's how you say your name, Corlette. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is an excellent tool to do at the dinner table or during family worship. And we'll have Heather put a link to this in the show notes. But she has a great illustration in that book that shows what she calls the slippery slope. So it's this diagram with nine different ways that a person can respond to conflict. And it's great for all children to work through, not just those who instigate the conflict. This is if you're caught in a conflict. You know, what are the ways out? Uh, Just a few examples of how people deal with conflict are running away, blame shifting, denial, gossip, fighting. And then she obviously gives the healthy, God-honoring ways to respond, like getting help, talking. And this is the hardest, as we've mentioned, overlooking the offense. And all of these godly responses we want our children to learn require humility. So as you mentioned, Ginger, Philippians 2 verses 3 and 4 tell us how true humility will consider others better, will put the needs of others first, and will always focus on one's own wretchedness rather than the wretchedness of others. Sincere humility can soften hearts and bring arguments to resolution more quickly. That's why Ephesians 4 verses 2 and 3 instruct us to be completely humble and gentle, be patient bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Mm, So good, Katie. It's also wise to point out the different outcomes children experience when they speak to each other with humility and gentleness rather than pride and anger. Proverbs 12, 20 tells us that those who promote peace have joy. Mm. When kids choose to obey the commands of God by putting off pride and selfish ambition and putting on love and consideration for others above themselves— God puts joy in their hearts. Mm. So let's encourage our children to work through arguments and conflicts and differences with kindness and gentleness and humility and with a willingness to put the interest of others above their own. And as they do that, they'll also find that most of the time, others are typically more agreeable to work out arguments and conflicts peacefully when they're treated with love, respect, and kindness. They'll also find that as they uh, learn to bear with one another in love, they enjoy closer and more blessed relationships that honor God. Now is the part of our show where we give a quick tip for parents. 
Today's quick tip is courtesy of Samira and her daughter Aurelia from California. Samira says she and her six-year-old daughter love listening to the podcast, and her daughter especially loves the quick tips. So they sent us two to share. I love this so much. Number one, my quick tip is to listen to the Ginger Hubbard show with your kids so that they can learn to obey their moms. Amen. I love uh-huh. that. Good one. My fave. My second <laughs> quick tip is to wear socks with your shoes so you don't get stinky feet. Oh, that's a really good one. But what if you've already made the mistake of wearing shoes with no socks and now you have stinky shoes? I have a super cute pair of shoes I've worn with no socks for the last, I don't know, four or five months. And I was able to get the stink off my feet, but not the shoes. So, Samira, if you have any tips for salvaging stinky shoes, please write them. Send them back in. It's called the garbage can, Ginger. That's the garbage can. Get yourself some new shoes. (laughs) That might be the only solution. Well, if you have a quick tip for our show, we would love to hear from you. It can be any random tip about cooking, housekeeping, something you do with your kids, ideas for fun date nights with your spouse, anything at all. We would love to share your ideas on the podcast. Just go to gingerhubber.com slash quick tips to submit those. Ginger, can you offer a final word of encouragement to those parents listening to us today who are fed up? with all the bickering in their home. (laughs) Just fed up. (laughs) When children learn to seek the Lord for resolving arguments and conflict biblically, their hearts are softened and awakened to the transforming power of the gospel. As Psalm 133 verse 1 says, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Mm. So let's encourage our children to make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, as God so wisely instructs in, in Romans 14, 19. And when they struggle with pride and selfishness, let's teach them to turn to Jesus for help. Let's help them understand that as they draw strength from Jesus, who is the very source of strength, they'll experience and radiate His love in their hearts in their relationships, and in their lives. Thank you, Ginger. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today. If you enjoy our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever you're listening. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or a review? This helps us get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Visit gingerhubber.com to find Ginger's practical resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. Today, we're offering her parenting book, I Can't Believe You Just Said That, Biblical Wisdom for Taming Your Child's Tongue, at a 10% discount. Just use the code parenting at checkout on gingerhubber.com. Ginger also offers a free discussion guide for this book on her website, which is great for book clubs and small group studies. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Have you ever been at a total loss for how to explain to your kids some of the really hard things they've seen in our culture or in the news? Sometimes I resort to distraction, like, hey, who wants ice cream? (laughs) Because I'm just not sure how to rightly respond. This is why I'm so excited about a new podcast that is stepping in to meet that need. The podcast is called Concurrently, and each episode is full of practical help so that we can teach our kids how to develop news literacy and biblical discernment. To find out more, visit concurrentlypodcast.com, and you can listen to new episodes of Concurrently every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. 
Another good verse is Proverbs 20, verse 3, which identifies the difference in wisdom versus foolishness, said verses. Wisdom versus foolishness. <laughs> wisdom versus Put your <laughs> teeth in, Ginger. Put your teeth back in. <laughs> And keep in mind that if they can't come up with a, there is a gnat, like seriously about to go. Do you see him flying around my face? There's always one I mean, one your camera's good, but here. it's not that good. I can't see, can't the, see gnat the gnat flying around. <sighs> it's like the whole time you're talking, I'm like, I know this is like distracting. <laughs> I'm trying not to do that because I know it'll distract you. But he, as soon as I start talking, he's like right around my eyes. I just know I'm going to eat him in a second. All right. 